Hello and welcome to Blades Pod. It is Thursday, the 7th of July. My name is Ben and I'm very pleased to welcome back Andrew. How are you, my friend? I'm good, mate. It's been a long, long time, I know. It has, yeah. There's lots of uh, lots going on uh, with United and with ourselves, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Kind of meant we had to uh, to bump this back a little bit. You were at Glastonbury, of course. You had a. I were at Glastonbury. My dad had to go back into hospital, and then I got COVID. So he's been a, a whirlwind, <laughs> a roller coaster. It has. <laughs> do, you, do you want to just update the listeners on uh, the health of yourself and your family? All good. Everything's all right, moment. Yeah, touch wood. Um, <laughs> I'm fine. Um, I had a very mild dose, as it stands, anyway. Um, I'm all right. I'm over that. My dad's out of hospital again. So you know. So that's the last of my. Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> we certainly. It's only since seasons ended, everything's just gone wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true, actually. Yeah, so we obviously need the football season to return quick, smart, and uh, good news. It's only what are we, three weeks away from the start. I was about to ask you this actually before we started. I'm bit, I'm a bit all over place with dates and stuff. It's been, like I say, I've had a lot going on, and I'm like, when does it actually start again? <laughs> well, our first game is on Monday the first of August, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, away at Watford, which I'm, TV, yeah. which I'm quite pleased about because um, I'm actually away that weekend. So with it getting, with it being an away game, uh, that's that's actually quite helpful for me. I'm just going to yeah. check I've got that right. Uh, where are we? Yeah, first of August is United's first yeah. game, so we, I imagine there will be a Friday night game uh, in the EFL kicking off in uh, yeah three weeks time. Um, but it's certainly that time of year when I'm sort of eagerly watching videos of the players training on YouTube and Twitter <laughs> and, and pondering the possibilities of what might be this season. Getting far too excited about watching um, Will Asula and Dan Jebison boot the ball into, uh, well, a largely empty <laughs> net <laughs> on Twitter I remember today. I, I once wrote an article for someone and I said, like, every fan at the in pre-season is like, that new reserve left-back, That's we might need that. that. That could push us on to the next level. Everyone gets really excited now, even though nothing has like, really changed. But I think for us, there has been positive signs, definitely. Indeed. Well, the the main uh, the main focus of this podcast was, and, and I suppose still will be, uh, how to win promotion. I'm just going to put that out there now, and uh, we'll yeah. get into it in more detail. I'll explain what I actually mean by that when we get to that part. But uh, yes, quite a lot of Blades news is... Uh, occurred in i guess in the last few days really i was just listening yeah. to um uh four blades in the pub earlier yeah same yeah and uh i think they recorded um well maybe a week ago like the like first or second of july something like that and uh they quite justifiably were pointing out that there's not really a great deal of news around i listened know, to that myself and i was like idiots now we're really <laughs> but now realistically i was like before i went to glass i got barely got any signal over the weekend and I'm like, surely something must have happened. Like, on my way back straight on, like, S2 or Twitter or whatever, like, it, like, what? Nothing. No even real links or anything. What's going on? So I understand where they were coming from completely. Yeah, no uh, no kit, no outgoings, <laughs> no incomings, no real particular rumours or linked in the press or on, you know, random Twitter accounts or anything like mm. that. But in the ensuing days, uh, quite a bit has happened. Um, I, I've... I've listed down the players to talk about, so we will hit them. But is there anywhere you want to particularly start? I think the 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 big. I, I'm not going to pronounce it, Ben. I'm, I'm not even going to attempt. I, I was going to give him a go. Um, I'll, do you want to have a crack at him first? Yeah, <laughs> I think I've got this down. Anel Ahmed Hodzic. It's, it's not actually, right. It's not actually that difficult. Ahmed Hodzic. 
Well, you say this, but I, I was going to really try and get this guy's name right. And then he announced what it were called, and loads of people tagged me in it. And I thought, if you're just going to be like that, then I'm not. Because it's just, it's just, my name is... Like, what? And I know, I can't do that. I cannot do that. So, But that's obviously the biggest deal, the fact that we've actually spent money on him, mm. which I don't think any of us expected, uh, certainly not for a centre-half as well. And the reviews have been fantastic. Um, and I know you can't read too much into that, but... Definitely the sort of signing I don't think we, we were making under Wilder or anything like that in the championship. No, it seems... Um, uh, I mean, I, I, don't, I didn't know as much, that much. I'd heard of him from uh, when he was mm. in Forest, and obviously that is uh, a bit of a link, isn't it, in the um, Jack Lester, I believe, worked yeah. with him at Forest, or certainly knew him from, from Forest. But, um, yeah. yeah, this feels like both... Um, like a, a, a good signing in terms of he is a good football player, but also quite a savvy bit of business from us where we've essentially, mm. I don't know how, how closely you followed this, but he was uh, on loan at Bordeaux and yeah. uh, they basically had first first option to buy him. They just got relegated and I think they're in financial trouble as well. So yeah. they're, they're like, um, uh, I, I can't think what the, the, the word is here, but they're, they're sort of, you know, agreement in principle basically had an expiry date at the end yeah. of last month, I think. And we had got stuff in motion and were able to move very quickly and sign him for a fairly substantial amount, which is something I'd like to touch on a little bit. But also sounds like quite good value, like, you know, from well, what everyone's saying about him. The Bordeaux fans, obviously, I got the view from and stuff. Um, and the Bordeaux fans, from what I could tell, obviously, it's hard with Google Translate, but... They were they were thinking six or seven euro, million euros yeah. for him. This is what they were talking about before he'd left and before they'd gone down. And to get him for three million, when he has been linked in the past with Chelsea and Man United and people like that, as I said, this is, doesn't mean anything. We've seen players like this before and, and they've not come to anything. But yeah. on the surface of it, it seems a really, dare I say, un-Sheffield United sort of buy where you've speculated to accumulate, I think, and you're thinking, well... This guy probably is going to use it as a stepping stone, but we're going to make money off him. It's a bit... It's the sort of signing you imagine someone like Brentford making on the surface. Mm. Yeah, that's a good shout. I think when we've spent money in recent years, uh, we've generally paid like top value for someone or maybe even slightly mm. over their value. Yeah. Or they've been a total uh, you know, free hit, take a flyer, like um, you know, Ravel Morrison, for example. Well, this is, I'm not criticising what happened because obviously Wilder were fantastic, but it's just a different way of working, mm-hmm. it seems. And I think we probably do have to go down that route to... We sort of we, we know the big, big, big money days are over and we've sort of already got a really good nucleus of good championship players who will be difficult to improve on with our budget. So we're having to look a bit further afield, I think. Yeah. 23-year-old Bosnian international central defender... The more I hear about Ahmed Hodzic, the more excited I am about um, what he can bring to us, I think. I mean, mm. So uh, F- fbref.com, which is a, a great resource site, they do um, like a scouting report of every player that's played in the, the top five leagues in Europe and like where they fit in, the where each player fits in like the various percentiles compared against other players in those positions. And... Yeah, they one of the like comparable players that it spits out is um, Ben White of Arsenal, who you know is obviously very highly touted as a you know a ball playing centre back. Oh, England that, squad, yeah. yeah, yeah. But you know, some I think they paid like close to fifty million for him last year. I mean, this mm-hmm. isn't to say uh, Ahmed Odzic is exactly the same as Ben White. It's just that he 
his profile as a player is quite similar in terms of mm. he's very comfortable on the ball. He's a good progressive passer. He's a solid enough defender. And yeah, it's. Um, I'm I'm curious to know where we're going to use him. To be honest, I mean, this is. But I was going to ask you this. Where do, I like the I, I like the fact that he seems to be able to play right. Uh, right centre back, left centre back, and central, mm. and full back, and defensive midfield, from what, what I've read. I like that because you know it's great to have someone who can fill in. But it'd be interesting. You imagine he's going to start, maybe not immediately. I'm not sure, but you imagine we've brought him in to play. It's going to be interesting to see if he replaces Basham because that's his side, or if he's going to replace Jackie Longthrow because he's the lesser player, if you like. Yeah, my my guess is he starts ahead of Basham first day of the season. But... Mm. I could, yeah, I think he could play in any of those three positions. I mean, the more I, yeah, the more I've sort of watched and heard about him, he, he, he looks a bit like a, dare I say it, a slightly better John Egan, to be honest. Um, mm. So, I don't think Egan's going anywhere, but uh, he will be a very useful player to have around. Um, yeah, six foot five, big lad. Uh, yeah, good pedigree, and, youngish, uh, as I said. Yeah, sorry, on, on the defensive, he's just like sticking on the defensive thing. Eckenbottom said today that he wants another defender, and obviously Kieran, Kieran Clark yeah. is the, the, the name that we're apparently linked with. It's interesting to see that I expected a backup defender in the sense of, I don't know, maybe someone, I, I don't think we'd assign this particular person, but, you know, like someone like Aidan Flint as a backup, just someone yeah, there. Like a Martin Craney I, I, type. Yeah, a Martin Craney type. It's interesting to see that we seem to be, because that's, Again, another player you expect to come in if we do sign Kieran Clark, and I do think the rumours are pretty true, gathering what Nathan Emin has said, and he's there in Portugal with the squad. Interesting that we've, you know, we, we seem to be really stocking up on these centre halves in a, you know, with a lot of experience as well. Mm, indeed. So, yeah, very exciting, um, exciting move by United. I think just to talk about the the money side of it. Um, I guess this is I don't know this always frustrates me this this idea that we're we're skint we haven't got a pot pot to uh, to yeah. urinate in and <laughs> I know that I know that football modern football fandom has to be you know it has to be binary there's no there's no room yeah. for gray areas but like we're not skint we're just we're just careful we we the owner doesn't have much of a personal fortune yeah. that he's going to stick into the football club but as we kind of consistently shown if you know, if it makes financial sense, which is, I do think, as you touched on, this does, because probably worst case scenario is we get our money back for him in a year's time. You know, yeah, if, if, yeah. And I, I do stress worst case scenario there. If we have a nightmare season, yeah, and he ends up moving, you're looking on. at a Sander Berger sort of thing where the the worst thing that could have happened has happened mm. with Sander Berger, and you'd probably say we probably are going to get his money back from him, or, or pretty much, you know. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I don't know. That's always just annoyed me. This like idea that we. I think when uh, Heckingbottom said something about, you know, we're, we're mainly looking at uh, freeze and loans, wasn't it? At the same time, he was saying that we have a bid in for a player that costs yeah. money. Um, but freeze and loans seem to... Um... And look, I don't want to jump the gun with the with, with the board and stuff, because anything could happen. We could end this podcast and we found out that we've sold, you know, the first 11 or whatever. But I do like what we seem to... I mean, I do think we will sell players, and I think Max Lowe is probably the one who will sort of recoup the money for this deal mm. but it's nice to see and we've never done this in my lifetime where we've actually brought players in before we've sold mm. i think we all know there's good there's going to be a couple of players leaving but normally we'll sell them the last day and then give ourselves no chance to replace or maybe get a couple of loans in it's nice to see us do it the other way around i think it's definitely a more sensible approach yeah i mean we always talk everyone always talks about that i want to do our business early but mm. we actually 
kind of have here in like a, a couple of positions anyway. Mm. Um, I think I've got this right. I believe this is the first player we have paid money for as a permanent transfer since Brewster, which is... Yep, that went well. No. <laughs> <laughs> that was almost Real two days. years ago, right? Like we're, Yeah, we're, yeah, two, yeah, yeah, went like yeah, yeah. Two full years without actually paying money for a player. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that means, but I thought that was interesting. We just got no money. <laughs> uh, but but no, uh, yeah, the uh, fact that we're willing to kind of free up funds now in a season where we didn't get promoted, and you know we will have spent a bit on, uh, you know, Robin Olsen, for example. I'm sure Gibbs White wasn't particularly right. cheap. Ben Davies Hurahan. came from Liverpool. Yeah, Hurahan, Yeah, um, maybe it also speaks to. Uh, in terms of like balancing the books, it speaks to the value in clearing some fairly hefty earners off the books as well, which obviously we did with some contract expiries, but um, we also did with a surprise departure of Ollie Burke, which I definitely want to talk about. What did you think when you saw this? I were amazed, but I actually thought we were alone because I just sort of skimmed down. Or you might say, or someone sent it, man. I thought, oh, he's gone online. That's fair enough. He's out of work. And I thought, oh, oh hang on. Yeah. <laughs> He's actually gone. I think they said it on Four Blades, I'd say. The guy's agent, take you know, take a bow, son, because he's in the Bundesliga. What, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, permanent transfer to uh, uh, Werder Bremen, right? Yeah, Werder yeah, Bremen. They were in the Champions League about five seasons ago. <laughs> yeah, they've just, they just been promoted back to the Bundesliga. Um, yeah. I thought the wording of United's announcement of this was, uh, a, a, what did they say, an undisclosed agreement rather than an undisclosed yeah. fee. So I yeah. imagine that means... Uh, Werder Bremen have given us zero euros for Ollie Burke's services, yep. and uh, we maybe they yep. will give us some money if they end up qualifying for the Champions League or something like that. But I imagine it's basically we will pay him his wages from this point on, and that is fine. And I think yes. that's the best we could, anyone could have hoped for. I think we we're all worried about him sticking around and not being able to get him off the books and stuff because there's this him and, and Bernay are the two I think that. You know, you talk to most fans and say, oh, if I could get them off the books, you know what I mean? That'd free up a bit of money. Mm. One of them's gone. And that Bernay, for all his faults, did at least contribute in some way last season, um, We, in the sense that he, he was part of the first team squad. Oliver <laughs> Burke's just been, yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you clarified that. That's the best I can one. say about him. But now, Oliver Burke's been just a complete waste of time, and he really. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, if you, if you step back, it's a disastrous bit of business that, you know, the whole. The whole thing, really, that we, um, yeah. you know, traded Callum Robinson and some money, or some money came the other way uh, yeah. for this player who is just a, a terrible footballer. And I, I have nothing. I really, I, I don't buy into this. Like, oh, he wears funny clothes. He must be an idiot, kind of stuff. Like that, that doesn't, that doesn't even register with me, to be honest. But I'm sure he's a very nice guy. I have nothing. You know, I, I hope he is successful. But also, it clearly was not going to play for us again unless... No. Well, I mean, look, we did have a striker crisis last season and there was no... We sent him out on loan, didn't we? And we all, and we said on this very part, and I, th- I imagine most agreed, that even when we were down to literally no strikers, we wouldn't have wanted him back. Yeah. We would have genuinely rather had Njai up front and, and Jebison and Asula as backup rather than having Burke in there. It were an awful signing. I don't think Callum Robinson was a good signing in the first place, but that's very much in hindsight. We were both happy about that signing. Mm. But I think... Callum Robinson still had some sort of salon value if we'd have kept him. Yeah. The fact that we've sort of basically had to give Oli Burke away for the good of the club 
is a yeah, it's it's, it's a damning sort of <laughs> legacy for him, I think. Yeah, but I'm very <laughs> glad that it's happened in terms yeah. of ears off the books. Yeah, like I say, no. Uh, I'm sure he isn't a you know bad influence or anything like that, but clearly he wasn't going to feature for us. Um, I'm sure he's on decent money because yeah, he uh, signed when we were a Premier League team. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's it's just good that um, we got rid of him. Very very fast human, very poor footballer. Although he did score two goals in a friendly for Bremen the other day. In case you, uh, I don't know if you saw that, did you? What was that again? Sorry, you broke up a little bit there. Oh, sorry, he, um, he he scored. Burke scored twice for uh, Bremen in a friendly. I did friendly see that. Day. Sorry, yeah, I did see that. Um, and yeah, I know their fans were like actually giving us a little bit of stick. And if you saw on Twitter as well. <laughs> oh wow, it's not the yeah, rivalry. Like, you you Sheffield boys did not know how to coach you. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe so. I mean, what is he? Is he twenty four? He's, st- he's still not that old, is he, Burke? Yeah, he's, he's ridiculous. I think he's younger than Jake Eastwood. Put it that way. <laughs> uh, he's uh, yeah, he's, he's twenty five. Just. Uh, in a couple of months, but yeah, some incredible clubs. I mean, for, for his ability, I mean, like yeah. West Brom, Nottingham Forest, us, Alves, Werder Bremen. Uh, who are the other? Another German uh, Leipzig. Club. Yeah, that's the. I mean, these are. You know what I mean? This is a guy who realistically, for everything that he's shown, should be in League Two or something like that, and he's played for some unbelievably big clubs. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe we end up... Well, in all honesty, I hope we do end up looking stupid and he gets like 10, 12 goals in the Bundesliga because I'm sure that will be uh, financially beneficial for Sheffield United uh, yeah. in terms of uh, you know add-on clauses and stuff like that. But yeah. yeah, there goes Burke, the man that scored a winner at uh, Old Trafford for Sheffield United. He won United. an only goal. <laughs> in the league. Was that his only league goal? Yeah, that's his only league goal. That, that was his only league goal, yeah. Manchester. He obviously scored a cup against Bristol Rovers. I want to say. Yeah, I feel like he's got a couple of cup goals actually. Um, yeah. What was I going to say about Burke? He he started last season, didn't he? The first game. He of the started season. the first game. Hit the post. Who knows that that was a sliding doors moment. <laughs> <laughs> so Burke's gone. Jake Eastwood has gone out of loan, which I just want to mention is. Oh, yeah. just bless him. I love I love Jake Jake Eastwood. <laughs> I, I can't believe how long this man has been. I think it's nine years, I think, isn't it? So he is due his testimonial next year. I think, the, the, I think it might have been Hal, actually, off Sheffield that way, who said the, the first time we see him play might be his testimonial. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I have actually seen Jake Eastwood play for Sheffield United with my own eyes. Have you read, Did you go to a... I know he played in a couple of friendlies. He played... Hold right, on. I think I've got this right. He played against Leicester City in the League <sighs> Cup. The season. Shoot. Yeah. Uh, no, no, we lost like four one or something. At Demari Gray. Oh, went, uh, oh sorry, yeah. Oh, yeah. I have, I have done as well. I completely forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. What was that? I feel like that was like. I feel like we lost four nil or four one or something like that. Yeah, four uh, one. Yeah. Um, I do remember that. I thought, thought you meant the Johnson's Paint Trophy against no, no, Leicester. No. Yeah, Jake Eastwood uh, started in goal that one. He actually had a really good game despite conceding four goals. Yeah, um, I remember we battered on the on the break with by Leicester, which were a sign of things to come in the league the, the season after. <laughs> So that is, uh, he goes on loan to Ross County. Uh, a, a couple more sort of, um, I guess, minor bits of news. I suppose Harry Boys, uh, yeah. who fresh off making the uh, National League Team of the Year, has gone to uh, Forest Green Rovers in League One on loan for the season, which is a, I, I, I think there's a lot to like about that move, to be honest. Are you, are you the I same, think it's a re- really good move for him. It's a big jump from National League to League One. Mm-hmm. I think the, you, you expect him to go up the league steadily. And I expected a League Two uh, move for him. But yeah, you know, imagine Forrest Green 
possibly struggle this year. They will have one of the lowest budgets and stuff, so it'll be a tough season for him. But really interested to see how he does. And it's a forum I've never been on as well, Forest Green. So <laughs> I'm, ex- I'm always excited. But that's another thing I've got when I look at people going online. I'm like, oh, I've never been on Ross County's forum. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, yeah, so it goes to Forest Green Rovers. A big season for um, for boys who, uh, let me just make sure I got this right. Yeah, it turns 21 in November. Um, so, yeah, it's... it's Yeah, he's a lot... I, I looked at this. I, he was, he's older than I thought. I thought we were about 18, 19, to be honest. Yeah, and it's not like we are short of left wing backs as it stands, which is where he plays. Mm. Um, but, yeah, he was outstanding in the National League. Um, good luck to him in, in League One, and who knows, maybe it's... Maybe it's a shootout for left wing back between him and uh, Norton Davis next season. Yeah, because like that. that two youth products. Yeah, that would be. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, two more players that United have signed uh, in this, well in the last couple of days, I suppose. Uh, Adam Davies, the goalkeeper who um, was here on a short term contract last season, uh, was offered a contract at the end of the season, and finally it was announced that he'd signed it. So. Yeah. Lock him in as a as a backup. I think you said to me, uh, international signing. <laughs> yeah, international. that was the permanent, inter- full international signing that uh, Heckingbottom had alluded to. <laughs> hey, he could be uh, he could be playing at the World Cup, Adam Davis. For all we know, I'm sure. I imagine he'll be in the squad. I think he's normally in the squad, isn't he? I think. Say again, sorry. He's normally in the Wales squad, isn't he? I yeah, think, yeah so. absolutely, is yeah. I think he's first. Uh, First reserve, basically. I was um, thinking as well. Obviously, we've got Norton Davis, and there's some minor links to Keenan Davis of Nottingham Forest. Get yeah. Ben Davis back. Ben Davis, yeah. That's four Davises we could have if we if we play his cards right. So Davis <laughs> FC. Um, well, someone we did sign with a much more, uh, I guess, a name that is more conducive to your. Uh, <laughs> proclivities of pronunciation more, more realistic side this is this is right up my like bread and butter sort of, sort of name away. Tommy Doyle T- Tommy Doyle <laughs> Tommy Doyle <laughs> Tommy Doyle comes in on loan from Man City um, and another player to potentially get excited about I think and not uh, not quite the, the Gibbs White um, level of player although probably we won't find many players like that to be no, honest. No, no. Um, but he was also on loan in the championship last season with um, uh, Cardiff City. Uh, very promising midfielder at, um, at Man City, who's yeah come here for the season. And uh, again, I'm not totally sure where he will fit into this team. Like straight, yeah. up, like I'm sure we'll find a position for him. But yeah, he, he seems like more of a kind of box to box midfielder than. Uh, you know, Gibbs White kind of playing almost, yeah. almost up front. Um, but yeah, seems uh, seems exciting. You, did you um, know much about him or found out much about him since? No, I didn't know that much about him. I think he captained England under twenty ones on his debut, so then obviously mm. that's that's pretty. Uh, that, that that's a you know that's good for him. And um, I, I think he played for a really poor Cardiff side last season, and I think their fans were saying there were a couple of games he disappeared and stuff. But on the whole, their fans really liked him. And knew they weren't going to be able to keep hold of him, and I think this is like the next step up of his of his career. He played for a struggling Championship side, and now hopefully he's going to be playing for one player at the other end of the table. Again, another one is it's a bit of a big year for him because he. I remember him. I do remember his name. I'm sure he played for Man City, like when he was like 18 or something like that. And thinking, oh, this he is the next one. Played for them, yeah, yeah. And then I think he, yeah, I'm just looking. Now. He went to Hamburger on on loan, and that was quite a big move. Obviously, Bundesliga and stuff, and. Didn't really work out for him there, but again, I'm like you. I'm really, really interested to see where we're going to play him because he's sort of more of a, a, a Norwood in the sense that he's a bit of a, a bit of a pinger. 
from what I can gather. But as you said, more legs box to box. But I've also heard that Pep Guardiola said that he thinks he's going to be better further forward, and that's where he mm. sees him long term. So maybe Pep's had an agreement with us and said, look, you know, playing further forward, this is where we want to see him next. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, chance creation numbers at Cardiff were very interesting. Um, mm. What do you have? Ten. So 10 opta-defined big chances in 19 appearances. Yeah. Uh, Gibbs-White had 19 big chances created in 37 games. So if that's coming from deeper as well, that is that is mm. very impressive. But yeah, if, if he's a... You know, if Pep Guardiola thinks that he can play further forward, then that's a pretty good endorsement, I'd say. <laughs> and it, so... inter- obviously, it's gonna, we're not going to know. And this is what's quite exciting and quite interesting, I think, at the moment. We're not going to know until that first game of the season, or at least until our, all the signings are in, mm. how we're really going to line up and who's going to play where. We don't know which position. I'm not got round to saying his name yet. Bosnia man, we're calling him for now. <laughs> uh, where he's going to play. We don't really know where Doyle's going to play. Obviously, there's talk about Lawrence and all these other people. And their other players, everyone else will link with you, like, well, where are they going to fit in? So it's, it's really exciting, I think. Yeah, it'd be nice to have some... Uh... I mean, there's a, few, there's a few positions, I suppose, particularly attack, where... Uh... Yeah, we have large holes, I suppose, which we'll we'll get onto. Actually, that, that's the thing. But... I think defensively, if we sign another defender, we're done. We, you know that that I'm really happy with what we've got at the back, especially with Adam Davies coming in. That's two goalkeepers as well. I think you're all both decent at this level. It's the other way. <clears throat> Replacing Gibbs White is going to be massive. If Berger does go, that's going to be massive, mm. and that is where we are really going to have to. We're going to have to be really creative, I think, to to get. Anything like Gibbs White, I don't think we're, we're ever going to get a like for like from as you said, but I think you can do it in a different way, and we might, might make ourselves more dangerous by being more clever. Yeah, indeed. Uh, Tom Lawrence seems like a legitimate link. What, um, what what do you think of him? I'm not keen on Tom Lawrence to be honest. I know everyone's everyone seems to be really excited about this. But I think it's me and you on an island here. Cause I think I'm, we are, yeah. Uh, everyone was like, oh my God, this will be a... I've seen him for... I think he's played for four seasons at Derby, something like that. And yeah. I've watched him a lot, obviously, because they were competing with us in the playoffs the, the season we went up and even the year before. And he was always one of those players who were like, oh, glad he don't play for us. He just seemed like a... a a bit of a, a bit of a fairy, if you know what I mean, like getting barged, a bit marred and goes missing, obviously thinks a bit too much of himself. And I think that's what the Derby fans were saying as well. I'm happy to concede that he's a very, very, very talented player. And I think his goal-scoring record's been fantastic for Derby last season. I don't think he comes in as an immediate starter, personally, if we, unless we lose someone. Yeah, he's, yeah def- I don't see him being an immediate starter either. His goal scoring record's okay. I mean, it's it's fine. He got seven so he scored eleven goals but four were penalties last season. Yeah. So yeah. seven goals, five assists. It's not you know not to be sniffed at when you look at like Fleck had two, I think, if you include the playoffs. Yeah, and it was a poorer side than we had as well. I know Derby were like seventeenth or whatever, but there was still a poor side. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. And and probably would have finished higher if like you know, they had something to play for in the last 10 or 12 games or something yeah, like that, yeah. I'm sure. I think sure like, you put his highlights package up on YouTube and you think, my God, what's this This is a fantastic signing. But mm. I've seen the man play. If you, and I'm not an expert on him by any stretch, but he's just always been one of those players where I thought, yeah, not for me. I certainly don't imagine him in the, in a wilder side. I could never imagine him in a wilder side, let's put it that way. Yeah, I'm I'm not really sold on him. I mean, it's obviously a free transfer. He's out of contract. Probably is on big money, or was on big money at Derby. Yeah. 
So probably would command a decent. You know, as you said, his, his goal scoring record looks pretty good on paper. I'm sure. You know, if we are in for him, we would not be the only club in our sort of. I don't know, tier of the championship, if you like. Yeah, I think West Brom were linked, and I saw, obviously, they've got Swift and Jed Wallace. I imagine they're probably out out of the running now. But, and Rangers are interested in him. He is a talented player, and I think if you could get, and and I think think last season was his best season, by all accounts, for Derby. And he Mm -hmm. was fantastic on loan at Ipswich as well, uh, before he went to Derby. I've just seen a lot of games with him where he's gone missing, and I'm not his biggest fan. Um, But, if he comes in again, it, it does definitely gives him more of a goal threat, as you said, than the likes of Fleck and Norwood. So, yeah, I, th- I think he was being bombed out at Derby. You know, like I think he'd like properly fallen out there, and then Rooney made him captain. I was I was chatting to my uh, Derby supporting mate mm. on this, and uh, he says Rooney made him captain, sort of almost out of nowhere, and he like absolutely stepped up to the plate and like yeah. really you know improved his game, uh, became a much more influential player. Obviously, scored two. Um, Two really good calls against us, yeah. yeah. Um, Gets sent off a fair bit as well. He's quite a spiky character. And this is what I mean. I think he's quite a petulant sort of player in that sense, which I don't mind. We've got, you know, we've got players like Billy Sharp's a little petulant in it as well. So, you know, I'm not going to go in and in for that. I've been reading a couple of Derby, a lot of arguments really, um, from Derby fans about sort of, oh, he was really good. No, he wasn't. You know what I mean? He's, Mm. He's one of those typical sort of flair players who you feel probably goes missing a bit but we'll see obviously he's not coming yet or anything like that and Rangers are strongly linked as well so yeah I will say five subs in the championship this season so having someone who is a flair player who shoots a lot which he does I think he was in the top 20 for shots per game or something like that I was looking earlier um there's value in that I guess it's just yeah uh I don't know. Is 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 that the kind of player we want to bring in on those kinds of wages, or is there somebody potentially cheaper, potentially younger, who I don't know is going to develop? Well, we've only used we've only used one loan space as well, which I keep forgetting. Yeah. And uh, is it five you can get in the in the sixteen or it, yeah, you can have five in your uh, five in your squad, I believe. Yeah, and I don't you know imagine... if that'll change actually because I think you can name nine subs now, can't you? Oh, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you imagine we're going to make at least another three loan signings. Yeah, thought and obviously Kadira is another one that's been mentioned. I don't know, is it Kadira? Kadra, Kadra, Kadra. I'll get that one easier. Kadra, <laughs> uh, we're obviously online at Blackburn. I think a lot of people putting two and two together from what Nathan uh, Hemingham has said mm-hmm. there, where he said like he's a player who destroyed us twice last season, and people saying it's either it's either him or Davis, you know. So, um, but really exciting rumours, which you can't get too carried away about. But the fact that we've signed two exciting players on paper does make you more confident that you know maybe we are actually going to do some decent business which i didn't expect i did uh, like you said I, I didn't expect us to be a skin as as hecking bottom made out but i didn't think we'd be after this quality of player that we seem to be linked with yeah absolutely um so yeah those that's all the players that have uh come and gone so far um i believe i don't think i missed anyone there uh a couple of other things the players obviously in portugal at the moment for um Training and I believe they play tomorrow night, right, against uh, a, a local team. Yeah, um, I won't be getting a view from from that. <laughs> <laughs> Someone who is uh, noticeably present present this preseason is Jack O'Connell, which is lovely to see. I don't think it means particularly much apart from uh, he's still contracted to Sheffield United and he is, yeah. you know, he can he can walk around and use the gym and stuff. Yeah. But uh, it's nice to see him involved. Obviously, you know, Bogle's there as well. He's he's not going to be fit for the start of the season yeah. by by all accounts. So it's not like 
uh, O'Connell's the only injured player there, or you know we're only taking fit players. But mm. yeah, nice. Uh, it was nice to see him. I like, was quite surprised. Him. I was like, mm. oh, Jacko, because obviously we know he's not being fit and he's not going to be fit for the season, sort of the season or anything like that. But he's not really been involved at all. Like you saw, even at the end of last season, the injured players um, at Burnley, as we know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, on the bench, like Embogle on the bench, Brewster on the bench, Sharp weren't it, but they were all there. Jack O'Connell weren't really part of that group. Yeah, so uh, good to see him involved. I mean, oh, imagine if he <laughs> if he gets, oh, I can't don't do it. Don't do this to oh, me. No, no. Don't do it. Don't do it. I see people like, oh, they keep sending pictures of it. Like they keep posting pictures of him. What does it mean? It means he's fit. And I'm like, I'm not getting involved in any of that. <laughs> but it's great for him, you know, yeah. just, just to like sort of. I imagine for him getting back in some normality for even just being with the squad. Rather than just yeah. in, a, in a training room on his own, you know, on a bike or whatever he's been doing. I couldn't find out. Uh, I mean, to be fair, I didn't look too hard, but I, I couldn't find out if uh, he was with the team last summer in Gibraltar. I think we were. Um, but my my memory is that he mm. wasn't. That he was sort of just you know training. No, because I like think there'd have been a lot of stuff. hype about it. Yeah, I think there'd have been a lot of hype about it if he were there. Yeah. Well, I suppose also that was a bit more kind of peak COVID sort of time when it so. Uh, maybe it was, you know, oh, yeah. actually only players who were going to be involved with there. Um, one, one of the players, not this, is a bit of a footnote, really, but um, I know that Casper Lapata is not there. He is, I think, still training in Sheffield, which is interesting because yeah. there's quite a lot of young players, fringe young players are out there. Well, have you heard about the contract thing? I have not heard about the contract thing. Do enlighten me. Um, well, I don't know how true it says. It's a rumour that, that I've seen today. I don't know. I, I really don't know about the source, but they said that he, you know, and I'm not going to let him out alone until he signs a new contract and he's refusing to sign a new contract, which does tally up with what you're saying why there's so many other youngsters there. Yeah, I don't know if it was just we had like a loan move already lined up for him or something like that, but then. Mm-hmm. Why is he still here? <laughs> Essentially, yeah, um, yeah. So I think, I think it's a bit of an endai situation. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, yeah, one one to watch. Anyways, obviously not a, a first team player yet. He was playing at National League last year. Yeah, it was National yeah, League. Yeah, National it? League. He needs if, if he's going to stay or whatever. He definitely needs a league move. Um, yeah. At the same level as Boys, at least. I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then uh, a few X blades just to finish off this section. David McGoldrick and Conor Hurrihan both signed for Derby and uh, continuing their trend of signing old ex-Sheffield United players after uh, Steam and Jagielk and Ravel Morrison. Yeah, my new second team, Derby County. Uh, so many players there that I like. I don't really like the club, but <laughs> I, did, I, I love, uh, obviously, love Jags, love Stearman, love McGoldrick, Urahan. I don't think he did bad or good. I think he was just all right. So a lot of Derby fans saying, oh, oh we got Urahan. No, McGoldrick will be good as well. It's like, you've got that wrong way around, lads. If McGoldrick's, if McGoldrick's uh, fit, he's the one that you should be excited about, even at his age, I think. Yeah, this I, I can't quite articulate why this made me so happy with McGoldrick, but... He really did. I think part of it is uh, we won't see him next season unless yeah. we get Derby in the Cup. Like, I, I won't want to see him playing for someone else against us next season. Uh, not in a like, oh, he's bound to score against us. Right? Just like, there goes you know one of my favourite players of all time. I don't, I can't quite stomach seeing him play against us. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, he goes to League One, a team that's, I guess, potentially could have quite a fun season. You know, they've they've finally had that takeover. They're you know, it's, it's very much you know clearing the decks, ground zero for them. They're obviously with a new manager because Rooney's left mm-hmm. as well. 
he's in League One, he could be like the top dog in that team. And obviously, he's I a... really think if he's fit, I mean, this is a guy who this time last season we was he just come off the back of like being nine goals in the Premier League, player, player of, the of the season for us, yeah. But yeah, and we were thinking, well, he'll be fine for another year for a promotion challenge. And now all of a sudden he's in League One, mainly due to an injury. If he, if he, it's all about the injuries with McGoldrick. And if he has picked up a bad injury and he's obviously getting on and we know he's passed with injuries, then, you know, it might not work out. If he can keep him fit, he's never relied on pace or anything like that. Mm. He should be incredible at that level. I hope so. I hope he absolutely, yeah, tears up League One. Obviously, uh, could score a couple of goals against Wednesday as well. That would be mm. uh, that would be amusing. Um, same for Huran, I suppose. Yeah, no. He scored a penalty this time against them after missing missing one in the derby. Yeah. And then uh, I've saved the the most insignificant for last, which is impressive in a, a section where we talked about Jake Eastwood. Um, Luke Freeman <laughs> signing for Luton. Good move for him, Matt. I thought he'd be in League One. Very good move for him. Mm. Yeah, they're they're very uh, upwardly mobile at the moment. Luton, yeah, that's that um... means they've got sort of Luke Freeman just behind Cameron Jerome, <laughs> uh, and there was the other guy they've got, another old timer in there. Uh, yeah, I know what you mean. I can't, I can't think now off the top of my I head. I but... Jay. See what he said. What's going on, mate? Yeah. <laughs> Fascinating. <laughs> Freeman, Freeman has needed a move since the day he walked through the door. Basically. You're right. You're right. Yeah, and he's back at. He's back. Uh, it's close to London anyway um, and who knows maybe this is what he needs and he can have sort of, sort of one final hurrah but again another I think it's really good that we've got rid of him Moose, Burke all the big hitters who have completely failed for us mm. they've all gone now other than arguably McBurner yeah so uh, yeah I was, I was surprised surprised to see him go to a uh... I mean, I haven't looked at Bucky's odds, but I imagine Luton will be, you know, among the favourites for the playoffs. As in, you know, like the, yeah, yeah, the sort yeah. of top seven or eight uh, odds wise to to make the playoffs. Um, mm. So yeah, interesting. Um, right, mate, we'll we'll hit a quick break and then we'll get on to the uh, second section of this podcast right after this. And we're back, and uh, yeah, this is what we were originally going to set out to talk about in this in this podcast when we uh, originally planned to record it. And it is, uh, it is a section entitled How to Win Promotion. So we're going to say it all out here, hecky. So listen closely, follow <laughs> follow carefully, and uh, promotion is soon. So uh, this is what I'm grandly titling a section that is basically what needs to go right this season or be different from yeah. last season. Because quite a lot went wrong last year, as we'll get on to. <laughs> And yet we were still, uh, you know, a couple of penalty kicks or, you know, a pesky drinks bottle away yeah. from uh, getting to Wembley, where I would have quite fancied it against Huddersfield, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, I think I think there's quite a lot to... I think this is one of the reasons I'm quite excited for this season is, you know, there was there was a lot of... Uh, a lot that could have gone better for us. Some of it, uh, well, quite a lot of it was self-inflicted, to be honest. Yeah. Some of it was outside of our control. And yet we still ended up having quite an exciting end to that season and being quite close to achieving what is the ultimate goal of promotion. So, uh, yeah, I want us to talk through several topics and areas, I suppose, of what we think needs to go right or be different, and then sort of round off each one with how likely we think it is to happen or how achievable it is that we could do it differently this year. So I've already sent you, like, uh, oh, we've discussed this of bullet point list of these different areas yeah 
Is there anywhere you would like to start? The first thing, uh, it would start from the very beginning. Last season, we played one pre-season game. I think that's right. So we played two, but oh, one, was, one, one was against side. A, yeah. It was against an amateur side. So this is how to win promotion, have a proper pre-season. Mm. And yeah, let's let's discuss last year's pre-season. Uh, <laughs> talk to me, if you can remember it. Well, obviously, it was terribly planned anyway. Um, I think we had three games, two games or whatever. That were all, they were all we had anyway. Then did two get called off due to COVID? Certainly. Uh, so I'm just looking on Wikipedia. Norwich we had, were supposed to be playing, weren't we? Norwich were supposed to be playing, got cancelled due to COVID cases. So this is this was our pre-season last season. 10th of July, we played Europa Point, who I believe are a semi-professional uh, Gibraltar team. Um yeah, so that was good. That was played at like a sports centre, basically. Um, that was on the 10th of July. 18 days later, on the 28th, we played Doncaster Rovers at Doncaster, won 4 0. And then we had another friendly scheduled for three days after that. That was against Norwich. That got cancelled after a um, COVID outbreak in the uh, in the Norwich camp. So we, we played a grand total of two preseason friendlies, one against basically an amateur side. There was an 18 day gap between those two. And then we had a, I believe, a 10-day gap between our final friendly and the actual start of the season. Not great. Not great no. at all. And I think there's an argument to say, for as much as people going about the training pitch causing injuries, I don't think it helped that we had absolutely no preparation for the season. And we went straight into a season, basically. With a new manager. With a new manager, yeah. Who had very little steer on what this squad was like. No. Uh, he... Was this you kind of of course uh, was trying to potentially mould a new way of playing a new formation? I, I believe I'm right in saying we started against Birmingham with a back four. Is that right? With ben Osborne yeah, I think it was like four three three. I think we'd like sort of Burke and oh, who was it? Did, oh, Moose started. Moose, of course. Moose started. Yeah, Bernie the starter. Someone else started. McGoldrick uh, started, and we were sort of all over the place. And I remember the next game against Swansea where. We sort of play five not five, if you remember. <laughs> yeah. And and they were just everyone and we're like, where is it? What is going on? Brewster popping up at left wing back and stuff. And that's that those games were basically what we what should have been happening in the in the friendlies. Mm, quite. So yeah, that that was a mess. I think I I think I'm right in saying there was quite an, there was an abbreviated uh amount of time between the two seasons as well as in the previous season yeah. and that one because it's of, interesting uh, that covid now is there's more cases by all accounts now and we're seeing absolutely nothing so far be cancelled or anything. i know it's early and we've not really got going yet hmm. I, it's bizarre how how disruptive that pre-season was really yeah well, not really we... many excuses and i think we've only had one match called off yeah, well, I think we came back from the uh, you know the overseas training camp and like half the squad had COVID, yeah, didn't right, they? So right, had yeah. to isolate, weren't able to train. Uh, were it made... ten days then as well? I think it was ten days then. I weren't it, it was, yeah. yeah. So not only did we not play a game for eighteen days, I mean, I, you know, there will be some. Uh, I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I'm sure we'll have played like Stockbridge, Stockbridge Park Steels and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. In terms of actual official first team friendlies, an eighteen day gap of which. Yeah, most of the squad was unable to train for ten days uh, together, if you like. Mm. Yeah, it was it was an utter disaster of a preseason. I do remember um, in our, I think our final podcast mm. before the season started, we did say 
we're about to find out how important a preseason yeah. is. Yeah, it turns out it was pretty important. <laughs> and we didn't win for his first five, were it? And I don't think I think it was six games. We scored one, one goal people. in our first four, games, yeah, five games. And I, and I think we were we were both sort of forgiving to a degree of that because of what had happened in preseason. I think we said at the time that those first two or three games, including the West Brom disaster, we thought we were going to get him by West Brom because it was quite obvious that Slav had got nowhere near what he wanted to do or what his right team was. He was still experimenting and you could argue and say he was doing that till the day he was sacked. Yeah, indeed. So, uh, yeah, how to win promotion. How about we don't just write off the first month of the season as we yeah. essentially had to and do? the thing is, though, like, if you think about our last two promotions, you know, under Wilder in the Championship, lost his first two games, went up, and then obviously the famous one in League One, but didn't win for the first five in that and 100 points, so... You know, at the same time, don't get carried away if you had a bad if you have a bad start. Yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. It's just, uh, but I think yeah. it, I don't think it's that. I think the the condition and the fitness and everything it all stems from that. That's I I think anyway from that start where nobody had any fitness levels until like the fifth game. You, uh, they were going straight into competitive football. Yeah, I'm just thinking of players that um, we brought in that season as well. So. Oh, the first game, we'd not brought anyone in. No, we hadn't. I'm just looking now. Ben Davis joined on the 16th of August. We played yeah. our first game on the 7th of August. So we'd already played two games before we'd signed a player. And then we brought Olsen, Gibbs-White, Anna Hurahan in pretty much the All same on deadline day. day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which, yeah, 31st. So, yeah, that was, that was five games into the season, basically. Yeah. Um, whereas, yeah, we've got... Uh, Two players or two, you know, three if you include Adam Davis, I suppose, already yeah, yeah, yeah. already nailed down. I do think, it... by the way, they will be maybe the biggest signing for us may be on the last day of the transfer window because that seems to what what happens. Hopefully mm. not. I don't. I don't. We've got a quiet deadline day because it means we've got everyone in. But you, you Gibbs White and players like that often come available on that final day. So if we are waiting for, say, a Keaton Davis or someone like that, we might have to buy this time. Yeah. I guess the ideal is have four or five really good new players That's and then it. on deadline day add a player like Morgan Gibbs-White anyway. Well, that, that'll come on to one of the other points that we're going to make is that make advantage of the loan market there. Yeah. The well, let's, last... let's just finish this one off quickly. How? Sorry, so, right. Have a, have a proper pre-season. How to win promotion, have a proper pre-season. How likely or achievable do you think that is this year? Oh, um, I think we'll 10 on 10 for that. I think unless COVID strikes in a massive way again. And even then, because it's only five days isolation, it shouldn't be the disaster that it was last time because you can rearrange games in a couple of days' time. Yeah, absolutely. I guess the only the only note of caution is that the season starts a little bit earlier than, yeah. than normal. But then we've, you know, this is our third straight year of not normal football. Mm. Yeah. So maybe and we get a break quite... as well. Obviously, at Christmas, well, most of the players will get a break at Christmas this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very true. Uh, but we are playing a appropriate amount of friendlies against uh, yeah. real, real teams, even if some of them are in the uh, you know the leagues below us, etc. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm I'm hopeful. Uh, yeah, there's there's a few more strands to go with that one as well. But let's let's jump to the the other one that you said, which is. Uh, I call this make at least average use of the loan market because I think on balance we made very poor use of the loan market last season. Yeah, you look at Nottingham Forest, they got promoted because of the loan players. And don't get me wrong, it'll take something good to match what they did in the (laughs) loan market. That was the gold standard of the loan market. Yeah, that that was probably the best best I can think of in recent, including Derby. 
in terms mm. of the players they got in on loan. Fantastic. Um, but we don't need to be as good as that because we've got a better new we've got better nuclear squad than Forrest had. If you know what I mean, they had to have yeah. those five players to put them into a position of, of of being a promotion candidate. If we could get three, let's say we get four loan signings, they don't, none of them have to be as good as Gibbs White. But if all four of them are in the first team, or at least a step up from say Huram, mm. would have done really well. Yeah, absolutely. Is what is better essentially having one star? which Morgan Gibbs-White was. And I, I stress star, he was one of the best players in the division. Yeah. Is it better to have one star and a bunch of swings and misses, which is what we did last season, essentially, mm-hmm. or have three or four starters? Would that be better than... Would having three or four starters, as you said, be better than one superstar at this level? I, I think so. And I think it probably would. I think that's I th- what Forrest showed. Yeah, like, again, you look at Forrest. I think Keenan Davis was good. James Garner good. DJ Spence, obviously a different position he's hard to sell. DJ Spence, nice. Yeah, is that what his name is? <laughs> Jed. <laughs> Jed oh, where's DJ? Oh, I'm thinking of DJ Campbell. It's, it's, this is our preseason, <laughs> so I'm allowed to make sort of these sort of mistakes, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, uh, Gibbs White, in my opinion, is probably better than them all as a sign-in. Mm-hmm. But they had the, what they put together made a better side. We had that one player who he definitely dragged his kicking and screaming through many a game to get his points. And I think he would, was a better player than anyone who Forrest bought. But Forrest had five of these players who were very good. And I think that paid in the end. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so Gibbs White, superstar, you know, one of the best signings we've, we've ever made, even, you know, though he was only here for the season. Yeah. You look at the other ones, Ugh, Ben Davies. I mean, I thought Ben Davies was okay, but, you know, could we have got a better defender, a bigger contributor than Ben Davies? You know, but you know, for the, 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 the guy we signed, um, is going to be an upgrade on him straight away. I know it's not a loan signing, but uh-huh. if you look at it for play for play, you could say we replaced Hurahan with Tommy Doyle. Again, another upgrade, mm-hmm. you think? Yeah, Hurahan was a, you know, just. He was no better than what we had, and in some cases, slightly worse. Uh, Robin Olsen, we couldn't wait to get rid of him. Charlie yeah. Good, I mean, just oh. lol, like what a disastrous contribution. Well, we can't even call it a contribution, to be yeah. honest. Uh, some of that a bit unlucky. You know, if he hadn't got injured after being suspended, maybe he would have uh, he would have been an okay loan sign. But yeah, yeah. The the point is, we had uh, as, as your dog is. Uh, yeah, I think he wants a bit. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> we had we had one like guaranteed starter out of five loan players basically, um, and yeah, we could have had five different loan players, and I'm sure some of them would have been able to contribute more. So yeah, be at least av- I would say we were really poor in the loan market last season. Having one utter star doesn't offset that. So let's try and be at least average in how we use the loan market this season, which I think should be very achievable. Like. You know that's 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 honestly terrible when you look back at those the balance the contribution of the other four loan signings that we picked up, and the fact that they all came in so late as well. Whereas, yeah, we've already moved early on um, on Doyle. It sounds like yeah. there's uh, another potentially exciting loan signing in the works as well that I guess we'll learn more about in the next few days or the next week or so. Yeah, um, yeah, it seems like it's. It seems like it should be achievable to be better in the loan market this season. Yeah, exactly. And like you say, we we, we seem to have more of a plan due to the fact, probably, that the manager knows exactly what he needs because he was there last season. 
and he and he knows the formation, everything like that. There does definitely seem to be a plan in place. Whereas last season, it did get the even the even gives why it came out of nowhere. You got the feeling that were like, oh right, let's just he's available, let's get him. And there does seem to be more of a plan this time. Yeah, well, that segues nicely into the next one, which is uh, know your best team. And this is largely a place where I want to talk about the fact we know who our manager is. It's the same manager that we had last season who has a very good record as our manager last season, almost got us to the playoff final last season. And I think not wasting a third of the season, essentially, with trying to figure out the best way to play, the types of players we want to bring in, uh, you know who is our best, our best option in various positions. What is our best formation, etc.? Who is our best goalkeeper? Even as simple as that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think that could be. I mean, that could be worth like an extra seven, eight, ten points to us this well, the season only thing versus is, last year. I think the only realistic people might say Egan. The only thing that we're not sure about at the moment is if Burger stays. I think last yeah. season. We didn't know if Ramsdale were going to stay. We weren't really sure if Egan were going to stay. We weren't sure. We weren't sure. We, and I didn't exist at this point. You know, uh-huh. there were so many questions about what were going to happen. You know, what what was going to happen. You know, sharp with like fifth choice striker. I think if you, it's it's exciting to to think where these players might fit in that we might sign. But at the same time, we know the bulk of who's going to play and where they're going to play. We know as long as anything doesn't go wrong or. or he gets sold. Egan's going to be at centre half. We know Norman's going to be in midfield. You know, we we know Sharp's going to be first choice striker if he's if he's fit. And is going to play. We know we we've got we know pretty much what the team's going to be, and we just have to sprinkle a bit more on it if you like. Yeah, I honestly think that's going to be so valuable this season compared to last season. And, and you know, I, I'm not naive enough to suggest like uh, you know name the starting eleven of the first game and that that's going to be. The the strongest eleven after ten no, games yeah. or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. not how it works. Teams. No, teams no. I remember the transition. first, you know, the championship season under Wilder. We started with what Lee Evans, Leon Clark up front. Yeah, uh, Ryan Leonard might have played maybe. Ryan Leonard maybe, maybe yeah, and and obviously those those three didn't even end the season with us. So things do change, but we do have a. We know Norwood's going to be there. We know Egan's going to be there. You, these players, you know, we know Baldock or Bogle, whichever one of those two. Hmm. I've been saying that Bulldog's obviously been linked with someone else, but I, we'll see. But we we basically know what we're going to get, I think, to a degree. And we just need to sort of add that that bit extra that we liked last season. And, and a lot of that might not even come from people on the pitch. It might come from, as we talked about, with pre-seasons and things like that. So, and having a plan. Yeah, absolutely. But we know, you know, we can be pretty certain that we know what formation we're going to play, which we couldn't say that last season. Yeah. We know we have the players to play that formation. Obviously, we saw that last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, goalkeeper is a big deal. I think that we're not going to yeah. faff around churning through them. You know, Fodringham's number one, and hopefully he continues to be at least close to the form he showed last season. Which yeah. I think having a stable defense in front of him will help as well. You know, that's the other thing we chopped and changed that back three so much uh, through the first part of the season. And to be honest, through like the first half of the season. Really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I know that's an area where we have already made a signing um, in Ahmed Odzic, who probably will kind of displace somebody there. But yeah, just knowing our best formation, uh, I think is is going to be a big deal. So when we yeah, were I... last season, and and rightly so, we're oh, can Basham play in a four? You know, can mm. Egan play in a four? Well, no, it didn't seem like like they could. What you know, what's Bowler going to be like as an orthodox right back and stuff like that? None of that's going to be an issue this season. Hopefully not. Yeah. So know your best team. I think this is this is hard to achieve, but I think we 
I think maybe maybe you could rephrase this as like don't play your worst team. <laughs> like don't hamstring yourself basically, which is is what we ended up doing last season. Yeah. Obviously you kind of it didn't set out to do that. He was trying to, you know, play a way that he thought was going to be successful which you know he knew from his own experiences and he thought the squad would be able to play that way but they really weren't whereas Heckingbottom will know how to get the best out of the players that he had last season and hopefully any of the players that he's brought in this year as well so mm. yeah i give this as a a high a high achievableness as well i think yeah 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 um, i think i think i think that's fair and like i say it's going to be exciting if we bring in the, the players that we're linked with mm. how they're going to fit into what's I think I wrote this team off last season. You did, a lot of people did. I think it's fair to say now that they're at least a solid championship team um, that probably only needs a little bit here and there, and it'll be interesting to see how we tweak it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You mentioned him there, so we'll move on to this one now. Uh, My next one was Sort the Midfield, Mm. a.k.a. Trade Burger for two athletic goal-scoring starters, or Mm. Keep Burger... And add an athletic goal scoring starter anyway. This now is then. this is the this is really exciting and, and, and sort of worrying and everything for me because if we sell Burger you would thought that we'd probably have some money to play with and we might be able to, you know, get a couple of permanent people in in, in, in areas that we might need it more uh, than than an attacking midfielder that Burger's been playing. But if we keep him and we've got Endai and we've got Doyle and possibly Lawrence or you know, whoever else coming in Oh, it's just incredible at that level. I think losing Gibbs White, the, the 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 loss of Gibbs White is countered by the fact that we could have four or five other different options around that area. Yeah. Uh, so this is a hard one to achieve, I think. Sort the midfield. I think we, we made a good start bringing Doyle in for yeah. sure. Um, and yeah, some of the other names we're being linked with now also would contribute to this. And yeah, this is why I'm... You know, the, the the more I think about it, the more I think that um, Berger will still be here um, until there's January, no rumours or anything, is there? Nothing at the moment. I think it makes sense for him and United for him to still be here till January. You know, play make turn those last two or three months of the season into like seven months of good. You've obviously not spe- been speaking to the Norwegian manager. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the thing is, I think, you know, I don't think we're under any huge pressure to sell. I think if we were, we wouldn't have signed players. And I think if unless someone comes in with a bid that we feel is acceptable, then sorry, but, you know, you stay in. I'm pretty sure we've publicly said, like, you know, release clause or bust, basically. Like, you want want him, you give it, I think it's, what is it, 35 million, something like that, release clause, or thereabouts. It's it's slightly more than what we paid for him, isn't it? Yeah. And Um, realistically, I think if we get his money back, we probably would sell him, but... I, w- I would sell him if we could get our money back. Yeah, yeah. and I think because things have changed and the climate's changed and everything's mm-hmm. changed for our situation, that at the moment, there's no obvious sort of club to come in and buy him, I don't think. like It's certainly not in the, in, in England. I saw people say, oh, Leeds are going to be interested in to replace Calvin Phillips. I've never, they're completely different players. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I guess this is sort of... Just shading back to what you were talking about, about like it would be worrying if we sold Berg, uh, Berger this se- this season, like before the start of the season or something. But I guess the difference is this is just coming back to my know your best team thing. This yeah. time last season, we didn't know what Berger's best position was or best best usage in our team. Um, whereas now we do. We know he is that attacking member of a three. And, you know, if Heckingbottom's got an inkling that Berger might be on his way, then at least we can sort of address that now. I mean, maybe... Yeah. I don't know if Doyle is going to be 
that sort of player, to be honest. But yeah, I don't know. It, it just feels like at least we know what we've got with Berger now in terms of what is like the maximum uh, contribution that he can bring to our first team. So yeah. I don't know. I feel that puts us in a better place, to be honest. But I'd love to keep him. I'd love to add another athletic goal-scoring starter anyway. But realistically... But right in the midfield, sorry, the midfield in terms yeah. of legs, I don't know enough about Doyle to see if he, he can do that role that well. Mm. But we, everyone knows, we've said it last, you know, all last season, the, the thing that we like in midfield is that someone getting up and down. Yeah. Fleck I, tries to do it um, in the way that he used to. Not quite, obviously, there um, in the past couple of seasons. So we do need somebody... And he is after a midfielder, you know. He said he's after a midfielder, so but maybe Doyle's that person. I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I don't know if he's. I don't think he's unathletic, Doyle. I, I mm-hmm. just don't think he's like. Uh, I don't know who to compare him to. From it's not uh, Montgomery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, I was thinking more like a you know a, a big midfield destroyer. When I talk about athletic uh, central midfielders who you know power up and down the uh, down the pitch. I'm, I guess those players aren't actually that common. Otherwise, a load of examples would be springing to mind right now. But um, yeah, I, I just hope if if Berger does go, we yeah parlay that into two starters basically. Which yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. should be achievable. But yeah, the the bigger thing of sort the midfield is that might be like make or break our season. To be honest, if you can, yeah, yeah, we had hardly any goals from midfield last season. It was only really Berger that started to score many, to be honest. Mm. Um, so, yeah, if, if we can get a bigger contribution from midfield, you know, someone to maybe supplant Fleck, or if we're playing in a slightly different way, um, I think that will stand us in a, a I very think, good step. I think they said it on four players, and I agree. There's an argument to be said that every single place in the team could do with someone else coming in in terms of either a backup or a starter. Mm. But I do think midfield is the area that is the most pressing for me. And the one, the one that... As you said, I think we have got enough strikers, to, and we'll probably buy another one as well. We do need another striker. Don't get me wrong, like to just to, but we have got Shelby, I've got Brewster, we've got Endaya could play up there as well, even McBurney. And the defense, I think, is pretty much sorted, especially if one more's coming in. It's that midfield for me that I'm. That's the least sure I'm about in the entire side. Mm. I think I was, that might be the hardest thing on this list as well. Yeah. I think. Um, yeah. So yeah, over to you, Hackingbottom. Get that midfield sorted, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then uh, we're going up. Um, a few, a few sort of minor, well, maybe not that minor actually. When we talk about them to finish off, but um, this is this is a bit low key, so I'll chuck this one in there. Find the answer at left wing back. Let's stop yeah. mucking about. Let's get this position sorted, please. I. I've always said, let's try Osborne there. I've been saying that. <laughs> keep the Osborne of time. Among, among all our many left-wing backs. Yeah, he's the only one who seems to... Obviously, we've got Max Lowe. He's not gone anywhere mm-hmm. yet, so he, he could be another one. I think, realistically, it's going to be between Davis and Stevens again. Neither of them nailed it down. Neither of them nailed it down last season. I I personally think you should probably go with Norrington Davis because he's the younger of the, of the two and he can only improve or he's got more chance of improving. Mm. I... I don't. I think it. I think it probably will be a weak spot for his next season. Whatever happens, I hope the rest of the team can get his buy if you like. But I'd go on Aaron Davis. I think he, especially maybe recency bias because of the Forest game, where he, he was fantastic. But there is something there with Aaron Davis, and we know Stevens is, is going one way. Yeah, I think that's quite percep- a perceptive point you've made there. Actually, that that might this might be a. We just accept this is a weak area of the team next season. Mm. But um, yeah, we we still need to. Just yeah, just just find the answer, and it, re- it relies on the players. This is this is going to be a hard one to achieve because it relies on 
the players, like yeah. one of the players just nailing it down. And as you said, they just didn't last year. Mm. I mean, you know, I keep seeing this with Max Lowe, who's statistically one of the best left backs in the championship last season. Well, I don't know about that. Like, I think when that that gets bandied about, I think it's like who scored totally nebulous player rating thing, which is this is why I don't because he got stuff. three assists, I think Max Lowe and one goal, and his goal were a complete fluke goal where he tried to cross it and he went in. Although yeah. got two assists and a, and and a goal, you know, goal. Yeah. yeah, and a fantastic goal. Uh, and I think I think the same for Stevens and uh, Norrin Davis as well. Norrin Davis didn't score, but I think he got a couple of assists as well. They weren't much yeah. in, in an attacking output anyway. Yeah, exactly. And it's nothing. I, I think he started the season really well, Max Lowe. We had he had a lot of good chance creation numbers, but then Stevens always has good chance creation numbers. Mm. Like as as rubbish as he's been for a long yes. time, he's always like really high on those like. Uh, you know, passes into the opposition box, passes into the opposition third, key passes per ninety. It's always really, yeah. really high on those. So, I don't know. I, I don't see. I, I, I would still take the money on Max Lowe when I when I keep seeing reports that somebody's offering to uh, essentially give us our money back on Max mm-hmm. Lowe. I'm like, just pull the trigger on that immediately. I totally agree, and I keep seeing people say I'd rather get rid of Steven. So would I. Yeah, <laughs> but it's not going to happen. No. no one's interested in him. No, no, and we've got a player there who we probably don't need. In Max Lowe, he's not like a, an Endai, you know, or he's not an Egan, or anything like that, or even a Brewster, or anyone like that, or even an Norwood. He's a player that we could do without, and people are offering his money for him, and that money can go elsewhere, as we've probably already seen with the signing. Yep, and as you uh, as you pointed out, he is one of four genuine first team options at left wing back mm. uh, with Stevens. It's absolutely Davis, sorry. Sorry to put it, it's absolutely incredible that we've got... This is the weak area, the problem area of the team when we bought so many underwater. <laughs> <laughs> and there's Harry Boys loitering as well. And I feel like yeah. I've, I feel like there's another young left-wing back as well that uh, his name escapes me at the moment. But well, Jack O'Connor back soon, he can play there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, there it is. Find the answer at left-wing back. I don't know who the answer is at all. Uh, I would certainly start the season Norton Davis. Um and yeah, give him an extended run. I think, I think, and then maybe there is some clarity of thought in just sort of accepting that this is not a strong area of the team, and you just hope the rest of the, te- you know, if this can just be like average, essentially. We can play you a know. different one every week. We can stick Jackie Longthrow there one week, Osborne another week. <laughs> just keep rotating them. <laughs> That's probably about as effective as uh, what we've managed so far, I suppose. But yeah, next one. Uh, find the striker who isn't Billy Sharp. And I I emphasise find rather than sign because perhaps mm. that striker yeah. is already at the club. What do you what do you think about this? Is this achievable? Who's who's uh, who, who's an option that you, you think is realistic? I think this is, again, I keep saying this about a few players, but I think it is true. I think it's a huge season for Brewster. If he's back from his injury, he looks like he's fit. So it looks. I imagine he'll be straight in the first-team squad, at least, uh, for the first game. I think people got a little bit carried away with Brewster last season. I think he, he was better than completely anonymous, which was a huge improvement. <laughs> but he only scored two, three goals, I think it were. He needs to do more, and he needs to carry it on. We've got a player there that, you know... We're not going to get anyone with any better uh, calibre in terms of his, his England youth team, obviously, record and what he did at Swansea. He's going to have to step up. I don't think there's anyone else out there for the, the money we're going to pay and in terms of loan signings who are going to be 
with any potential any better than him, basically. Yeah, and this is... Uh, yeah, I think it's not... In my mind, it's not guaranteed that Brewster is great this season. Like, no, even assuming, no. Even assuming his fitness... Definitely encouraging signs just before he got injured. Uh, and if he played like he, you know, if he, if that form he showed in like a month is indicative of what we're going to get out of this season, then happy days. It's going to be a fun season, I think. But we can't rely on, I mean, we saw that. We literally saw this. You can't rely on Sharp to play every single game because no. he's, he's 35. It's 37 you know, this, this, this coming season. He'll turn 37 this up. season. Yeah. Is he? Yeah. He's 36 already. You're I'm, always adding players. I, I am, tell, I am telling like you, this 40. man. This man. He is, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. He is 36 now, Sharp. Anyway, point is, you can't rely on him to play every minute of every game, uh, as yeah. we saw with his injury last season. We've got to find someone else here. I'm more certain than ever that McBurney is not that player yeah. at all. Yeah. Uh, Moose has gone, so we've you know ended that uh, faint hope of that being a, a positive outcome. McGoldrick's gone. You know we would have gone into last season hoping that he could be good for like twelve, fifteen goals. I imagine would have yeah, been yeah. fairly yeah. realistic based on what he did in the Premier League. Yeah. Ollie Burke obviously out the door. Jebison and Asula promising last season in terms of um, Asula in terms of cameos. Jebison in terms of what he did in League One. Yeah, yeah. I'd like one of those to stay with us this season, even if maybe it's not the best thing for the development. Maybe I think if we sign another striker, we'll have four then. We'll have senior strikers. We'll have Sharp, Bruce, Demet Burnley, and whoever the fourth one is. I, I, it is tough. It is really It depends how we play as well, if we're playing two up front or one up front as well. And then, yeah. I we've got Ndai as well, so we could let them both out on loan, actually. Well, uh, you was dovetail this one is my. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned Ajay because yeah, that is one of my other ones. I think I've got two left actually, and that is get more minutes out of Ajay. He played a touch over two thousand minutes last season because he kept getting subbed off, and uh, yeah, he, he wasn't in the team for a little while as well. He could only sort of be effective for like sixty minutes or so, and then he was getting substituted. Obviously, at the end of the season, he played every minute of the playoffs, including the extra time. Actually, did he play every minute of the home leg? I think he did, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. 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 Because, well, you say, say played. I think the well, last 10 minutes he was just sort of oh, no, just walking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he could be, he could become an out-and-out striker. I don't think we totally know what we've got with Njai yet, no. apart from it's something very good. He yeah. could also just slot straight in as a Morgan Gibbs-White replacement, for all I know. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We obviously talked about that a little bit, but... He has to be able to play more minutes this season. Well, rather, that is like going to be so important for us if he can, you know, if he can play three thousand minutes instead of two thousand and yeah. actually be effective in all of those minutes. Then that's going to be just it's just going to enhance our ability so much. I think, yeah. but I don't know. And if he's going to get that is. Season, get a preseason behind him as well. So you'd think it, you'd think this should be doable. You know, yeah. he's a player that hasn't really had much like youth team football as he you no. know, came through like the rising ballers program and was at uh, Boreham Wood and stuff like that um, and then yeah a bit of a like contract holdout last year I suppose while that yeah. was getting sorted out yeah. so yeah you would think with a full preseason he becomes more well more able to play more football basically at this level um, yeah but we'll see I suppose I, I, I don't know I'm, I was constantly amazed that Musa is unable to play you know, more than a game every six weeks or something like that. Uh, I'm not saying that's the case with Njai, but I guess footballers' uh, fitness levels can be quite um, 
I don't know, just like hard to predict. I guess, yeah, yeah. Particularly yeah. with a small sample size. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think if we can get more minutes out of Enjoy, obviously that is going to be great for us. But I don't know how you'd think it is achievable, but I guess watch this space. Um, any any other thoughts on Enjoy? Sorry, I think I feel like a railroad. No, no, no. Yeah, I completely agree. I think he's obviously a massive talent. And and the, the way he started the season and where the end, he ended the season. If we can get that together for a full season, I think it's exciting times, and I think the the gap left by Gibbs White doesn't look quite as big. Yeah, indeed. Um, and then I think my last one: stop the injuries. How to win promotions? <laughs> stop the injuries. We had terrible injury luck last season. Like we ended the season with no fit strikers, lest we forget. Unless you're including Njai, who you know basically had to play every minute in the playoffs and then take a penalty. We lost yeah. Berger for a good stretch. You know, we had such a mess at goalkeeper as well. Um, obviously, O'Connell is uh, still yeah. out for a, a long period of time. Bogle, just as he looked like he was yeah, catching yeah. fire, he goes out for the season. But the only two people who weren't injured were both, uh, Egan and Norwood all season, really. Yeah, it certainly fell out. Yeah, Basham was out for a bit, yeah. wasn't he? Um, Flack, obviously, with his whatever happened. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. And look, I know the training ground is supposed to be not very good, but I mean, it's not... It's not a literal minefield, is it? No, I like <laughs> They're it. not stepping on landmines. You know? No, I think like the training ground obviously needs improvement. Every manager said it. I'm not doubting that whatsoever. But I don't think it'll be any worse than Blackpool's or Luton's or anyone's exactly. like that, to be completely honest. And they don't seem to get the amount of injuries that we got last season. <laughs> Luton actually did get. <laughs> That's a terrible example. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think a lot of teams got more injuries last season due to COVID as well because they had to fit yeah. so many games in. Obviously, that should be better this season because you are going to have an enforced winter break. We had a winter break, at a, you know, because everything got, got called off. We're going to have a winter break this time, but it's going to be still spaced out. We're not going to have to play three games a week for, unless, you know, unless COVID goes rife again, obviously. But as I said, yeah. even then, because it's five days isolation, it shouldn't be the the huge problem that it caused last time. And it's the fact that so many were season ending as well. And not just in yeah. the, like, there, is, yeah. there are two games left of the season. Oh, it's out for the season. Like Brewster was injured in February, I think. Bogle was yeah. like around that sort of time as well. Um, McGoldrick was around that sort of time. It was a West Brom game, wasn't I think it? Sharp, um, I mean, he only came back, but Sharp with the ten games left or something, and Sharp got injured. Yeah, who was that against? Was that Barnsley? Yeah, because he just sat down, didn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that was quite a long way from the end of the season. Yeah, so <laughs> this is like, so I think this is stop the injuries. I think it's, I think this is actually quite hard to control. Because some of it is such bad luck, but at the same time, if you if you write if you write it down as luck, then in theory we stand a good chance of being luckier this season because so much went wrong last season. We had a lot of injuries this season before as well, um, mm. obviously. Which is a yeah, which is the, the cautionary sort of, note. Yeah, that's that's. I was thinking of the right term. That's the one. Yeah, um, but yeah, because obviously the season before, but before that we had none. So. Yeah. <laughs> Strange, and it's not like we changed support staff or anything at that point, was it? Like it's, it's not like um, oh god, what was the guy's name? Uh, Prestridge, Matt Prestridge. Oh yeah, yeah, that's him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he he was here when we had no injuries, and he was here when we had all the injuries. Yeah, but, it's um, bizarre. It's bizarre how it happened. I mean, I remember I've heard a lot of Wednesday fans obviously over the years say, "Oh, but why do we always get so many injuries?" It's like, well, because you buy loads of old players who <laughs> you know get injured, and I don't think that's the case with them because our biggest injuries in terms of long term were O'Connell, Brewster, and Bogle. So yeah, who were all? I mean, O'Connell was like pre twenty five, yeah, 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 yeah. Brewster twenty one, something like that. Mm-hmm. Bogle same. Yeah, so I don't know. 
I think you expect it. I think when, as you've mentioned with Sharp, you can say, well, he's 37. You know, you're going to expect injuries from him. McGoldrick, 34. To get it from Bogle and Brewster and people like that, and even McBurner, you know, these people are in the prime. Yeah, absolutely. Sharp's 36 until he's 37, of course. Yeah, I'm just going to write him off. Keep adding it. Keep adding a year on him. (laughs) Makes it more impressive when he scores. (laughs) That's true. Yeah, 60 year old Billy Sharp scoring on the first day of the season. So, yeah, stop the injuries. Uh, I think it is. I think it's like. (laughs) I think it's likely we have less injury problems this season, purely down to dumb luck. To be honest. I don't know how much we can actually control it yeah. in terms of what we're doing in for. But maybe, you know, maybe having a proper preseason will help. Maybe having the winter break, you know, a planned winter break as opposed to a uh, completely out of our control and unscheduled one that we had last season where, you know, it wasn't like it wasn't like Heckingbottom was told in mid-December, by the way, you're not going to play a game for three weeks. So if you want to give the players a week off or go and do some warm weather training or something, go and do that. We would... We were braced to play a normal calendar of fixtures, essentially, and they just kept yeah. getting pulled off. So, yeah, that w- that will definitely uh, help, I think. So, Mike, another one weren't he thinking about. He were injured a yeah, lot of season. It was like six weeks, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're right. <laughs> It'd miss so, all because obviously we got that many games called off over Christmas. That yeah, um, so you're right. Yeah, probably you'd probably missed, missed all those as well. So yeah, yeah. So, how to win promotion in this season? Have a proper preseason. Tick. Stop the injuries. Yes, please. Make at least average use of the loan market. Come on, how hard can that be? <laughs> know your best team. I think that's a given. Sort the midfield. Find the answer at left wing back. Find a striker who isn't Billy Sharp. Get more minutes out of Njai. That is your roadmap to promotion in the 2022-23 season. He'll be listening in. He'll be listening in from Portugal now. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Have you have you got yourself a pint of promotion juice pre-poured and ready to drink after that one? I'm not drinking for a couple of weeks after Glastonbury. <laughs> I'm not even thinking about it until uh, until Tramlines, which is my next uh, boozy affair. Um, but yeah, Tramlines. Tramlines is in three weeks' time, I think. So, oh, um, not see, hopefully, I don't think Milburn are there this year, but I'm not seeing them because the last time they started off with a I O Sheffield Wednesday, so yeah, they can get in the bin. But anyway, massive tangent. But yeah, I will have some promotion juice lined up for uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm excited for this season already. I, am, I was I really, excited when the last one. One of the most. This is this is where it gets clipped. I I, I don't even know. Why. I've got to, I've got to say because I started it, <laughs> but. <laughs> It's one of the most optimistic I've been, actually. Not necessarily that we're going to go up, but I think it should be a, a good season again. I think there's potential for quite a, an exciting season, which is kind of what we had at the you know the back half of last That's season. That's it. So. This is what I'm expecting. I'm, not expect, I'm expecting games like Coventry away again, because I don't think we're that good. You know, we're going to have a few yeah. hammerings. I'm expecting poor sort of nil-nils at a Hull. But I'm also expecting the odd Middlesbrough game where we win 4-1, and I'm expecting this to be challenging for the playoffs. I think the league's a lot poorer this year. Hmm. Yeah, I again, this could be famous last words, but I'm pretty confident that none of the teams that came down are as good as Fulham or will be as well resourced as Bournemouth no. were, and potentially Burnley, just because they, you know, they can cash in a load of um, mm. not a load of assets, but you know, like I was looking at the odds actually, um, and after you mentioned Luton and uh, Norwich are favourite, which is fair enough because they the the, the yeah. own division, then it's Watford and it's West Brom. Steve Bruce. I know they've signed some good players, but yeah. I'm, I'm not. I'm not worried about. No, it. I'm sure they'll be Middlesbrough, Burnley, and us. So obviously, Huddersfield yeah. lost the manager today. So, Aye. yeah, I'm sure West Brom will be like 
you know top eight or something yeah. like that because they've got a lot of good players. But uh, yeah, they, they, they don't they don't hugely concern me. I was more concerned about them going into last season, to be honest, just with the um, you know Val Ball like get it launched to to all the big lads. I thought that was just yeah. going to bully everyone into submission, and yeah. it probably would have done if they just stuck with him. To be honest, yeah, so, yeah. Well, yeah. this is the anyway. thing about the start. West Brom had a fantastic start last season, ended awfully. Whereas Forest had a terrible start and they're game from outward, so Yeah. Well, how about we have a decent start and a great finish and let's just do a Fulham, it. just be top all yeah. season. <laughs> exactly. I feel like Fulham and Bournemouth basically did that, right? Yeah, like pr- pretty were... much, yeah. Pretty much. West yeah. Brom were the only challenges at one point, yeah. That's the other how to win promotion. Just win more games than all the other teams. Easy. Yep. Right there we go, mate. That was fun. Glad, glad to be uh, glad to be back talking about the Blades again. Yeah, preseason friendlies. First one's tomorrow. I'm hoping to secure myself a ticket to Burton away. I think I can get mine tomorrow. Oh, nice. Afternoon. Yeah, yeah, that'll be good. And uh, yeah, first game of the season. Well, first game of the season is Watford away on the Monday, and it's uh, Millwall at home, right, on the uh, Saturday. Saturday, yeah, yeah, that's the first game. Don't don't be moving that, please. Leave that exactly where it is. Sure, no one wants to watch United Millwall like on TV. Oh, I was thinking, I was thinking more trouble. Trouble. Sorry, I sound like oh, twelve o'clock <laughs> for, for aggro. When did we play on last season? Uh, oh, we're a night game. Jake Cooper's masterclass as usual. Yeah, Jake Cooper. Yeah, yeah. Keep it on a Saturday because it's the um, it's like Abbeydale Road Beer Festival. Oh, beer course, yeah. Oh, that'll be a nice all day. That one, yes. Yeah, exactly. So keep it keep it Saturday, but not too early. I don't want to be. Yeah, I don't want like a twelve o'clock kickoff. Like, no. Leaving leaving Bramall Lane at five and going to Abbeydale Road is more than acceptable. That's so, it. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Please, uh, please leave it there. Right, mate. Uh, well, well, we'll wrap this up because we talked for. Well, I think we talked for an appropriate amount of time. We had a lot to talk about. And it's I been a long time. It has. I haven't spoke to you for about a month, apart yeah. from the odd, uh, <laughs> you know, political meme from the last twenty-four yeah, hours. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Yeah, I mean, uh, God, yeah. Uh, I, I, well, obviously, we're not going into that, but it's, I've just been constantly refreshing. <laughs> Of uh, yeah, there's been there's been some funny funny stuff on uh, Twitter has been the place to be. It's not always the place to be, but uh, Twitter has been the place to be for Fantastic. the last thirty six hours or so. Yeah, yeah, great. Well, well done by everybody involved. <laughs> um, what have you got to plug? Many things have, oh, yeah. uh, uh, have happened. Please, please, yeah. the floor is yours. I've got uh, Tommy Doyle and Bosnia man view from uh, with some some fairly funny uh, Google translating for the latter. Uh, and uh, yeah, we've, we've done a double header politics episode, fully enough, um, mm. with Living with Maid, like basically because I were away at Glastonbury, so we decided to f- do both in one night and then just put it over two episodes, cheating the public, basically. But uh, and and th- those two are out as well, so yeah, that's it. Living with Maid one, or the the views are at Roy'sViewFrom.com. Perfect. Yeah, I've not listened to those yet. I've got them. They're Living with Maid, this is. I've got them. Uh, I've got them queued up to to listen to next. Um, I will just say, actually, not involving us in the slightest, but uh, Red Half of Sheffield did a uh, <laughs> a deep dive into the brilliant When Saturday Comes. It's a Fantastic. I think I listened to it. I listened to it on the day I came back from Glasgow. Really knackered, obviously just getting cold without knowing and you know feeling a bit real. I will laugh my head off. I thought it was fantastic. <laughs> it's really, really good. I. I it, you know, if you're not listening to Red Half of Sheffield, go and go and check out this episode. Particularly, it's yeah. two American Blades fans, their unique perspective on when Saturday comes. I think, yeah, one of my, I think my favourite bit was uh, them trying to find the metaphor in uh, 
Sean Bean getting distracted by the uh, <laughs> the stripper with the blades tattoo on her backside. Like, yeah. <laughs> the, the lad's trying to find the, the meaning, <laughs> the sort of filmic metaphor in, in that, which had never occurred to me before. And uh, I also like their, their confusion at um, communal baths, which yeah, are clearly just, not a yeah. thing in America. No, I mean, not they're not big... really here anymore, as far as I know. But... Well, you say that. I was, uh, uh, again, going back to Glastonbury, I went for a shower because we, we stay in the posh bits now because we're uh, hmm. getting on. And um, yeah, the people are obviously covering their private parts, as you do. And then one man walks in, naked as the day he was born. <laughs> swinging around uh, oh, and you think no. well you know they sold some of them out there so <laughs> <laughs> well what possible better place to end the podcast is that <laughs> I think there's a sign we need to finish up and uh, and leave so that's what we'll do uh, well thank you very much that's uh, yeah roysviewfrom.com and living with Maidley as you said uh, you follow Andrew at Panchero on Twitter you follow me at bladespod uh go check out the pinch as well i wrote something for that um a couple of weeks ago i think probably after we recorded um i did my alternative season awards which was a lot of fun to write as well um so yeah just just search for the pinch news on uh on twitter or uh google or anywhere to be honest and you'll find that one um and yeah we'll we'll finish there mate i'm uh i'll catch up with you very soon obviously three weeks to go till the season starts i'm very much looking forward to getting back into the pre-match routine it's already been far too long but um yeah glad you're uh glad you're on the mend and the family's doing well and uh thank you as always for your time thank you sir thank you very much <laughs>